Today, we begin our new, uh, our new series for the month of April, and it is entitled, The Road to Redemption. The Road to Redemption. We're going to be studying how God set forth the process of redemption for mankind. We're going to dig in the word of God, and we're going to see the position that we were in before Christ came into the earth. And that little baby we celebrate that was born of the virgin named Mary, we're going to find out what he meant when he said that I must be about my father's business. Process. Everybody shout process. It was a process that God put into place to ensure that man would be redeemed. So our topic for today is the road to redemption. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We pray that your word will go forth with power, with clarity, Lord God. We pray that souls will be saved and that lives will be transformed. And those who have been suffering and just muddling through life will just have a fresh wind breathe into their spiritual lungs. And they will begin to live that abundant life that Jesus came to give us as they see what you went through to redeem them from their sins. We love you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody shout the road to redemption. So in the verses that we are about to read, we will find the situation and the solution. We're going to find two things. Everybody say situation and solution. We're going to find both of those things in the scriptures that we are about to read. We're going to look into the scriptures and we're going to see the situation that mankind was in. But we're all going, also going to see the solution that God had for the situation. First Corinthians 15, 21 through 23 is where we're going to begin on this morning. First Corinthians 15, 21 through 23. Reading from the New King James Version of the scriptures. Here's what it says. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. There's some scriptures that I need us to pay very close attention to. Verse 22, we need to pay very close attention to it. It says, for as in Adam, all die. All. Even so, though, in Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming or the parousia. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So Genesis 2, 15. Tells us how we got into the position that we were in. You see, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 said, as a result of Adam, all died. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl died as a result of the choice of Adam. We must be careful of our choices. I, I want to speak to everybody. We must be careful of our choices. I know we have the right to choose however it is we want to. We live in America, yes, home of the free land of the brave. And we can make any decision we want, but we need to be careful of the decisions we make because they have far-reaching consequences. Adam did not know that when he made the decision to disobey God that it would affect Thousands of generations after. 
One decision made by one person affected all of mankind. So when we make a decision, it can affect the seed that come after us. It is not just about us. Somebody says not just about me. It is not just about me. God wants to release a blessing over generations. And when we make decisions to follow his will and to do it his way, God will release the blessing not only on your life, but on your children's life, your grandchildren's life, your great grandchildren's life, your great great grandchildren's life. I don't have to keep saying it, but it'll go from generation to generation. But if we choose to disobey God. It releases the curse and the punishment and the judgment and the wrath of God as well. We see the picture here and what decision Adam made. Look at Genesis 2, 15 through 17. And let's look and see how we got into the position that we were in. For in Adam, all men die. Let's see how all men died. It says, then the Lord God took the man, talking about Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Very important. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Which tree can he eat of? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely what? Die. So here's the situation. God tells Adam, of all of these trees in the garden, you can freely eat. You can have at it. You can eat as much as you want to include the tree of life. That's what I love about this text. I'll never forget the day God revealed to me that he gave Adam free course to eat at the tree of life, which means that Adam could have had as much life as he wanted. Oh, God, somebody touch yourself so I can have as much life as I want. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. And when we break that down, it means to the full until it overflows. David said, my cup runneth over. Your cup can run over only if you believe for it. Only if you live like it. Somebody say, I got to start living like it. I got to start living like my cup is running over. God said to Adam, there's one tree, though, that you cannot eat. I, there's one tree. Every other tree you can have, but there's one tree that you cannot have. And isn't it amazing that with all the things we can't have, that our focus often goes to the thing that we can't. Let me say it another day, another way. How about all of the things that we do have? Our focus often runs to the thing that we don't. Sometimes we're so depressed about what we don't have until we can't rejoice about what we do have. And so this is the situation of Adam that he passed down to us. This is the thinking of Adam that he passed down to us through the generations. And God told him, listen, if you eat at this tree, you shall surely die. So we know what God said about the tree. But we look at Genesis 3, starting at verse 6, going down to verse 12. Here's what it says. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her who? Husband with her. And he what? Ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings, aprons, the King James says. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord coming, I mean, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Now watch God deduce how he came about knowing that he was naked. Have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you? that you should not eat. How many of you know God knew he ate? But, but God wanted to elicit a confession. Have you ever had God ask you a question 
And you know he knew the answer just to get you to tell the truth. Lord, church, church not hollering with me today, but we're going to go there. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So I'm going back to verse. Let's go all the way back to verse six. It says that so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And really, there was not an issue until she gave it to her husband and he ate. So when Adam ate, it started this cycle that is still going on today. Man rebelling against God. We still see it today in 2022. We see the results of the decision of one man. Scripture says the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig trees, fig leaves together. Isn't that cute? They tried to cover themselves. And they made themselves covering and so they heard the sound of the Lord coming in the garden. Now normally God would come in the cool of the evening, in the cool of the day to walk with them in the garden. And normally they would go to God. But because of their sin, they ran away from God. Lord, I, I, I'd like to spend time talking about how when people mess up, they say stuff like, I can't go to church. I can't take communion. I don't feel like God loves me anymore. I don't feel like he cares for me anymore. And so instead of running to God, they run from God. How many of you know that that's the devil that wants you to run away from God when you mess up? God wants you to come to him. God told Israel, come unto me. Let us reason together. Come here. Though your sin be as scarlet, I will wash you and make you as white as snow. And if you read that story, that, 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 that situation in the book of Isaiah, God runs down a list of their sins. He tells them how dirty they are, how messed up they are. And then God said, come, let us reason together. God said, though you're messed up, though you're dirty, though you're sinful, though you walk in unrighteousness, God said, I want you to come. Let us talk about it. Even though you're in the situation that you're in, I want to wash you. I want to cleanse you. I want to redeem you. I want to transform your life. Come to me. But instead of coming to God, they run from God and they hide from God and so God calls and he says Eve no he didn't no he didn't he didn't say Eve he said Adam where are you and if I go King James today where art thou you're not where we usually meet I'm accustomed to seeing you run toward me when you hear me coming. Adam, where are you? Verse 10, he said, I, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid. No, 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 wait a minute, no, wait a minute. All before, he had no fear of God. Because they were in perfect communion with one another. So there was no reason to fear God's wrath. That's why John says perfect love cast out fear. Because fear brings torment. What this means is that if you know that God loves you and you fully understand that idea that you do not fear that God is going to get you. It doesn't mean that you don't have fear of things. It means you don't have fear of God. So when you hear God calling you, instead of running from him, you run to him. But we picked up on the inherited traits of Adam. And when we mess up, instead of running to God, we run from God. We stay away from church for weeks at a time. Oh, I need to talk to somebody. We mess up and we don't go to church. Because we feel so dirty. Who would want to keep you out of the presence of God? I'll tell you who. His name is Satan, the deceiver, the devil. The one who caused Adam and Eve to mess up anyway because he's subtle. 
He's smooth. He's crafty. Yeah, he's trying to be like God. He's trying to be a planner. He's trying to execute process and plan. And he knows what he was doing. When he came up to Eve, he knew what he was doing. He didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve. And he went to Eve because he knew that Eve was not the one who got the command directly from God. He, she got it from her husband. But he gave it to her first. And he knew that he was so enamored with Eve. Lord, have mercy. Something about men and their women. Lord, have mercy. Help us, God. Help us, help us. Something about men and our women. I'm not going to go down there. That's a, that's a subject for another day. But because it was that good-looking woman that he recited poetry in front of, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, he took it from her. What he might not have taken from the devil himself, he took from his woman. I didn't mean to go down that road. That wasn't, that wasn't, I didn't study that. That Lord have mercy. What he might not have taken from Satan himself, he took from Eve because of his love for her. And he said, God, I'm naked. That's the way I'm hiding from you. And God said, who told you that you were naked? How did you come across that information? How did you, because you, you had been naked all along. You had, you had never been clothed. You had never been clothed. You had never had on the covering of fig leaves. If I wanted you to have that, I would have given you that. I am your covering. I have been. I have always been your covering up until the point that you sinned. And now you're trying to cover yourself. Lord Jesus. And today we're still trying to cover ourselves. We might as well tell the truth and shame the devil. We're still trying to cover ourselves and so God said have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you I didn't ask you I commanded you that you should not eat so there's some things that are simply commands and there's some things that are requests God makes commands of us how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and carry ourselves because he knows what's best for us the devil will try to trick us and tell us that God is trying to keep something from us. That's what he told Eve. God knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll be like him. You're no good from evil. You, you'll be like God. God's trying to keep something from you. Go ahead and eat it. That's what the devil still does today. Go ahead and do it. God's trying to keep that from you. He's trying to keep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go too far. Go ahead. It don't matter. Go on and do it because God knows your heart. Pastor Taylor said the other day he knows your frame that you're nothing but flesh, so go ahead and act like flesh acts. Lord, have mercy. Come on, come on, when you get through, when you get through doing what you're doing, say there's a war in my members. See, that's the way the devil works. He's subtle. He can't make us do anything, but he will convince us. It is the best thing to do. I, I, I'm trying to, Lord, have mercy. And so he says, have you eaten of the tree? And, 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 so, and so the man said, now listen, now instead of the man saying yes, look at what the man said, the woman you gave to be with me. Now he told the truth, she gave it to me. But, but he's saying to God, the woman you gave to be with me. Because I didn't have a woman until you gave me one. And if you hadn't given her to me, then perhaps this situation would not have transpired. But this is not God's fault. Huh? This is not God's fault. This is Adam's fault because Adam made a what? Choice. The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree and I ate. There's, there's truth to that. But what did God tell Adam though, y'all? Verse 17 of chapter 2. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you what? Shall not eat. For in the day, huh? In the day that you eat of it. Did you say surely deep? You shall what? Surely die. So you say somewhere about the time you eat of it. There's the possibility that you'll die. God said in the Day you eat of it, you shall surely die. 
Two things happened here. Two things. Everybody say two things. Number one, man died. Right then, he died. Somebody said, well, pastor, if he died, then how is it that God took Adam and Eve and put them out of the garden and then had the flaming sword going back and forth to protect the tree of life? How is it that they had those sons? Right? Cain and Abel. And then one son killed the other son. And then she went on and had another son. Right? How did, and then men started to call on the Lord again after the next son came. That's a whole other subject that I'd love to talk about, but I don't have time today. See, men died spiritually on the spot. On the spot, spiritually, man died. There was, at that point, no connection with God. The communion had been shut down between man and God. All of the access to the Spirit of God that he had to be able to name animals without ever have seen them before. Calling them what God would have called them. And when he named them, they picked up their character. All of that shut down. On the spot. Somebody say on the spot. But physically, the process started. See, he, he, he didn't really understand that, 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 that physically it happened, spiritually it happened immediately. But, 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 but physically, the process of dying started. And earth experience, watch this, their, its first death in one of their children. Murdered by the other. As a result of daddy's decision. Death entered into the earth. There had been no death. Except for the death of the animal that God killed in order to cover them properly. Which started the sacrificial system where the blood of good, uh, 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 bulls and goats and turtle doves would be offered as a sacrifice unto God. And then eventually the ultimate sacrifice, the death of the Lamb of God for the sin of all mankind. Something died so that they could be properly covered. The second thing that happened, somebody say number two, number two, number two. Adam missed an opportunity to confess and repent. Here it is. God was giving him the, the door. Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree? I commanded you not to eat of. Right then, Adam could have said, yes, God. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. But instead, he chose to do what many still do today. Shifting the blame. Well, see, the reason I cursed them out was because they cursed me. Well, I'm not going to speak to them unless they speak to me. Somebody shout blame shifting. blame shifting. And we are adept at shifting blame. Oh, don't y'all sit there and look at me like that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave y'all alone. Virtual audience. We know we're good at shifting blame. Here's one of the most famous ones people say saved and lost alike. The devil made me do it. Well, we know we can shift some blame, can't we? Well, now see, if he would do what he's supposed to do, then I would do what I'm supposed to do. 
So when he does better, I'll do better. When she does better, I'll do better. That's that husband and wife thing. Somebody shout blame shifting. Adam said, the woman that you gave me, she gave me the tree. But he had the opportunity right there to say, God, I'm sorry. Can I say something to y'all? I'm not trying to get in your business. But the next time you mess up, so y'all saying, Pastor, you're being mighty presumptuous saying the next time I mess up, you're human, you're going to mess up again. The next time you mess up, when God confronts you, take advantage of the opportunity, own up to it, and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sin. Now, I had a question. Knowing what we know today about the forgiving nature of God, what would have happened if Adam had just fessed up? You know, I wonder if Adam would have just told the truth. I wonder how God would have reacted. But he didn't. <laughs> so I guess we'll never know him. <laughs> so as a result, from Adam, every man after him received the sentence of death because of his sin. I said, every man after him. Virtual audience, you hear me? Every man after him. Now, ladies, don't get comfortable. Because man means mankind. We're not we're talking about a specific gender here. When we talk about man, we mean human being. Receive the sentence of death or to quote 1 Corinthians 15 22 for as in Adam all die resurrection month a lot we need to know now what we're about to read now is Isaiah 53 4 through 6 New King James Version it's Isaiah's prophecy, but it's also known as the solution. How many of you know that when your problem manifests, God already has a solution? Huh? Huh? The Bible said that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. If not, if that's true, that means before Adam sinned, there was already a solution in place to the problem Adam would cause. Let's, let's, let's read through Isaiah's prophecy for just a moment. Surely he has borne our griefs. Y'all didn't hear me. I said he has borne our griefs. Surely. Oh, without a doubt. It's a fact. He has borne our grief. Watch this. And carried our sorrow. Surely. Let me ask you a question. Why are you carrying what he already carried? He already bore your griefs. He already carried your sorrow. What are you doing with him? Lord, that's good teaching right there. We'll come back to that another day. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. What, is, what does Isaiah mean here? Isaiah said, Jesus did this for us, and we act like what God did to him was because of something he did. <laughs> that's what he said. We, we sitting around here looking at him like he did something to deserve what he got. But Isaiah said that was our stuff. Oh, but he was wounded. There it is again. For our 
transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace, or as other versions write it, the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him and with his stripes. We were healed. Wait a minute. I, I messed up by this one right here, y'all. I messed up by this one. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. So when he got beat with a cat of nine tails, when they struck him in his face, they beat him beyond the, 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 the uh, how can I say, the, what the law commanded to the point where he was almost difficult to identify pierced him in his side with a thorn and jammed a crown of thorns on his head put nails in his wrist and in his feet y'all for our stuff and then it says the chastisement. You know what chastisement is? The whipping that brought our peace was upon him. What kind of peace are you talking about, Isaiah? What do you mean? You're talking about like peace from, from stuff? Like peace from the, the, the situations and the vicissitudes of life? Yeah, kind of. But what this really means is the peace that he brought between us and God. Because prior to this, there was no peace between man and God. But now there's peace between us and God, which means there's peace between us and everything else. Because without the peace between man and God, there is no other peace. So the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And here's the part that messes me up. And with his stripes, we were healed. We benefited from his stripes. We were healed from the curse of sin, the sickness of sin, right then on the spot, healed. And then guess what? See, the part that we focus on is being healed from cancer, being healed from diabetes, being healed from all kind of diseases. But here's the thing. This sin sick healing opened the door to every type of physical healing. With his stripes, we are healed. All we, though, like sheep, have gone astray. Now, you know, we've been talking about Adam all morning long. Yes, we have. We've talked about Adam. And we've been sitting right here having an Adam-blaming party, hadn't we? Oh, Adam make me sick. He put me in this position. But, but watch this. All we... Somebody at home now, don't point at me. <laughs> All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. All of us did it. All of us did wrong when we knew how to do right. Huh? All of us did things we know we should not have done. Can I get two or three witnesses in the house today? Can I get some virtual witnesses, huh? Can I get somebody that's going to be real with Pastor for just one moment and say, Pastor, I did some stuff and I didn't slip. I didn't mess up. I wasn't bamboozled. I wasn't hoodwinked. I made a decision because I wanted to do what I was grown enough to do. All we, like sheep have gone astray we have had we have yeah sometimes we have just messed up but 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 we have all turned <laughs> I like that see in some cases he said sometimes you know what the devil did kind of you know get us he did kind of get us off track and we did mess up but then there were other times when we just turned and went our own way but look at what the next thing says and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us Oh, man, when we stand up and say the Easter speeches, I never knew that. 
I never understood the gravity of what he did. I never really got it. I, on Easter Sunday, when I got my new suit, when I was down at Hyman and Son getting fitted for my new suit and my new shoes and going to the barbershop to get a haircut so I could be, you know what I'm saying, I could be Easter Sunday sharp and I could stand up in front of the whole church and say, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, do my little Easter speech and walk off. I did not realize what he did for me. And I wonder if the believers in Jesus Christ understands fully what he did for us. Do we really get it? That that was our death. That we should have been hanging on that cross. Our sin, we talk about the Romans, we try to figure out how he got there. The Romans put him there. The Jews put him there. Our sins. He is the propitiation for our sins. The payment. Somebody had to pay. If he did not go to that cross, we would still be dragging bulls and goats and turtle doves to the altar and having our sins just be covered. But because of what he did, our sins have been washed away. And it is as is. We have never done it. We know we did it, but he makes us so clean until it is as if we had never done it. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry. Hallelujah. Psalm 51 and 5. Listen to what listen to what David says. After David messed up and slept with Bathsheba. Listen to what David says. After David took Bathsheba's husband and put him on the front line so that he could be killed instead of just fessing up and doing the right thing. He said, I want to explain. To you, God, he said, because in verse four, he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. That's what he told God I, against you and you only have I sinned. And then he said, God, I'm going to tell you why I did it. God already knew it. But he said, I'm going to tell you why I did what I did. He said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, now, when I used to read through that, I was thinking, okay, he was shaping in iniquity and in sin did his mother conceive him. But when I read another version, the HCSB, it just opened it up a little bit. And this is what David said. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Ow! It wasn't nothing that happened after I got here. I came here a sinner. Good. God, because of what Adam did. Y'all, come on. Let's have some church today. Let's go to the message for a moment. Look at what it said. I've been out of step of you with you for a long time. In the world. Since before I was born. He's, he said, God, the reason I did the foolishness that I did. It's because I've been a sinner since day one. That sin nature has been in me from day one, fighting against your will. I know what I'm not supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. But that sin nature is in me fighting. Paul had it right. There is a war in our members, but there would not have been a war if Adam would have refused the fruit. But he didn't. So there is. But Paul says the things that I shouldn't do are the things I do. And the things that I shouldn't do, I can't find a way to do it. And listen to what he says. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul says, I'm a mess. And then he says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? How can I get help? How can I get deliverance? How can I get free of this? And then he says, I thank God. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He said, I know how I'm going to get free of this thing. Jesus is going to set me free. He's going to give me the power to overcome my flesh. Ah, somebody shout hallelujah. Ooh. 
So why do we cover these verses today? Why? Why did you bring these verses in, Pastor Taylor? What, 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 why did you do it? I did it so that we have the understanding that we were all in the same boat. That's why I brought this in. The Holy Spirit said everybody needs to understand that they were in the same position. Nobody needs to think that they were in a better position than anybody else. Because you know how we do. We rate sin. We put, we put sin on the scale. Yeah, I do stuff, but I don't do what she does. Huh? Elder Johnson, you look like you're ready to help me preach, boy. I don't do what he does. That, that, that's despicable. It's all despicable in the eyes of a holy God. I'm going to tell you, a thief and a murderer in the same spot. Huh? A liar and a cheat in the same spot. Because my grandmama say, if you lie, you cheat. If you cheat, you steal. If you steal, you kill. Huh? That's the way my grandmama used to put it. So she told me, don't you even start with the little stuff. Because it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. Play with that little stuff if you want to. Eating of a fruit led to murder. Seem innocent enough to take a bite from a fruit. And then a brother killed a brother. Over an offering. Jesus. Because one's offering was accepted and the other one wasn't. And God came and told him, he said, son, what you so upset for? Sin lieth at the door. He said, but you can overcome it. You don't have to stay locked up in this anger. I'll give you a way out. But he would rather kill his own brother. Why, why, why Sister Johnson, did God have me to visit Psalm 51 and 5 and bring David into this thing? So that, so that we understand that no one was in a better position than anybody else. But also, y'all, that no matter how good a person we might have been, or that we might be, or how good a life we may have lived, if Christ had not made the sacrifice that he made on the cross of Calvary, we would still be in a mess. You know, we like to say, oh, that was a good person. They give you the shirt off of their back. They are in a mess if they don't know Jesus. As nice as they are, as many shirts, huh? As many shirts as they gave away. If they don't confess Christ, they're in the same mess. All of us. All of us. All of us, all of us, those of us who did drugs and those who didn't, those of us who had premarital sex and those who didn't, those of us who drank and those who didn't, those who committed adultery and those who didn't, come on, come on, those who stole and those who didn't, those who went to prison and those who didn't. We all need Jesus. And I'll say what I said last week. How in the world can anybody who needs Jesus as bad as we all do talk about somebody else? Judge someone else. Look down at someone else. How are we going to look down when we're in the same boat? I don't know about y'all, but I needed him. I'm going to go ahead and confess, Kizzy. I needed him. And you want to know something? All these years later, I still need him. When I was a little boy in my church, they used to sing, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. 
I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Y'all remember that? I think sometimes we need to just, just sing, I need thee, Lord. Can't make it without you. I couldn't get here without you, so I can't stay here without you. See, this is what the resurrection means. This is what the sacrifice meant. He paid the price for our sins. We get excited when somebody pays it forward in the line at McDonald's. We get in church, we'll give the confession. Child, they paid for my Big Mac. Won't we, though? But he paid for our sins, though. He paid so we could have access to the Father. He paid so that heaven could be our home. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I got to hurry up. Psalm 14.3, NIV says, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. That's the assessment of God, old mankind. At that time, how much has changed? So we go back to the beginning. But since man came, by man came death. By man also came what, y'all? The resurrection. The problem is, by man came death. But the solution is, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Y'all got to see that. But as in Adam, come on, all died. But here's the good news. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. Y'all should be shouting right now. Y'all should be shouting right now. <laughs> But each, but each one in his own order, each one in his own order. Now, what does this mean? It, it's going to tell you, Christ, the first fruits. Christ had to resurrect first. That's what we celebrate in a couple of weeks, the resurrection, when Jesus got up. But if I say it the way my pastor used to say it, Sister Bo, he got up. Yeah, he got up. The stone was rolled away. And the angel was sitting on the stone and said, why are you looking for the living? <laughs> he is arisen just like he said. He ain't here. He ain't here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Christ was the first fruit. Now, some people would say, well, what about Lazarus? And what about uh, the widow Nain's son? And what about the little girl, uh, Jairus' daughter? And what about um, the boy uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, where Elijah laid on him and he, and, he, and he brought him back? What about all of those people? No, they weren't resurrected. They were resuscitated. They were brought back to life, and they were going to die again. Resurrected is something altogether different. Lord, listen, listen, when, Lord, when we come back from this one, we ain't going to ever die again. Y'all y'all, ain't acting like y'all happy. Oh, after this one. That's why, listen, that's why when Mother Trapio went to heaven a little while ago, we could shout and give God praise. Because there ain't going to be no more death. There ain't going to be no more sickness. <laughs> Lord have mercy. He's the first fruits. And then afterwards, then afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. You got to belong to Jesus. If you don't belong to Jesus, this don't, this don't, this not yours. This, this is not your promise. You got to belong to Christ. 
The first fruits in the Septuagint was offering, but in the secular language, it meant entrance fee. So in the biblical sense, Jesus was our offering that got us in the position of being able to be a part of the resurrection life. But if you look at it from the secular point of view, using the secular language, not from the point of view, the language, it would mean he was our entrance fee. <laughs> now, wait a minute. If he, if he paid the price, how did he pay the price with his life? So he himself was the fee. See, it's one thing, Deacon King, for you to reach in your pocket and pay for it. But it's another thing to give yourself. Oh, gosh. So here's the thing. He's the first fruit. Everybody say first fruit. First fruit anticipates the coming harvest. First fruit anticipates the coming harvest. So when God sold Jesus, first fruit, he knew that y'all were coming. Harvest. So when Jesus got up on that third morning, third day, heaven was shouting. Because they knew that after Jesus got up, a whole lot of other people. We're going to get up to. So on that great getting up morning. Fairly well. On that great getting up morning. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but one day, one of these old days, I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. See, that's what this whole resurrection season is all about. And this whole month, we're going to be on the road to redemption. Today we saw why we needed redeeming, why he had to die, and what it meant for him to be raised. So it's not just an Easter holiday, but it becomes an actual celebration in the spirit, in the heart, and in the mind of the believer. Because we couldn't be who we are today if he didn't do what he did back then. Yeah.